Hello, welcome back. Thank you for joining us. Hope everybody had a relaxing extended weekend. They fulfilled their five pillars of a balanced life, mind, body, spirit, environment, community. And if not, it's okay. Be gentle on yourself. Ask yourself where you might need a little bit more love and then go give yourself some more love. In today's episode, we're going to break down a little bit of the brain, the reptilian brain, the limbic brain, the neocortex, talk about where intuition lives in there, how meditation can help your brain function. All in all, it's a very short, sweet episode, direct to the point, light, intended to help you elevate your day so you can live with more connection to yourself and to others and just feel all those things you need to feel today. So let's take a deep breath together on the inhale. And on the exhale, let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to the Aware Audio Experience again here with my father. Hello, hello. <laughs> That's his signature. <laughs> That's Today, my new signature. That's his new signature. Today's topic is straightforward and simple again. I had a conversation with a buddy on the phone the other day about meditating, and he told me that he watched his sister start meditating, and she started for like five, 10 minutes a day. He's been thinking about meditating for a few years, so he was you know, curious to see her relationship with it. And as she got deeper and deeper into her practice, she's, he noticed that she would, from five and five to 10 minutes every day, now she was going to meditate every time she had some downtime and it, she was meditating way more. And he was like, to me, why would I want to start this thing that I'm going to have to do more of? Right? So he was like, why would I want to start meditating if, if I start with five minutes and then in a year I'm going to need to do 20 minutes? And then he was like, how much do you meditate, Sean? I said, well, on my good days, I usually meditate twice for 20 minutes each time. And he was like, see, why would I want to do that? Why would I want to commit to something I'm going to so, have to so commit ask for more? Him, would he do it if every time he went meditating, he got an orgasm? <laughs> <laughs> How many what? times a day is going to want to do that? <laughs> Probably a lot more than he does. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm saying his sister may be getting a beautiful benefit from it. He looks at it as a burden. He says, why would I want to do something that's burdening me so many times a day? But if it was a wonderful thing and his day gotten better... Why wouldn't you want to do it right. more times? It's yeah. kind of like uh, for right now, it's probably very hard for him to do. And he's thinking, he's looking at his homework. So why want to do homework three times a day? Yeah. If, if you do it for long enough time, and you and I know when you first start, what did I tell you? So difficult. What it's did I tell so you? Hard. You got to do it 10 minutes every day for a year. Exactly. Because you're not going to feel the benefit before a longer period of time. You're not going to feel all the benefits. I do think... The you full sh- benefit. Yeah. It's yes. important. It's important to distinct those. So you, you feel better better and better as you do it but you get you really want to feel the full benefit you need a period of time to get the mind to you get yeah. used to it but i also think just to interrupt real quick it makes sense because if you think about what happens for him when he sits down to meditate for five minutes it is like chaos in there and he probably imagines that that's what the whole time is like and i think that's what a lot of people think is like that first time you sit down to meditate and it's the most agonizing thing in the world you're like why would people keep doing that and I think it's important to realize that that's just the thing you got to punch through. That usually, for me, disappears in the first, like, five to ten minutes. I would say this. If he closes his eyes and he's in chaos, he's definitely in this meditation. <laughs> I'm sure that that's what happens for him. Yeah, it's not easy to close your eyes and be in chaos. And you want to take it in smaller steps. And I really do have compassion for people that it's not easy for them to sit quiet. You know, for most people in the modern society, Western society, it's hard to get quiet. We just... You're just so overstimulated. Everything is so fast that it's almost like against all the grain 
to stop right. and sit down and close my eyes and yeah. do nothing. Well, yeah. You know what I can do with these 10 minutes? You yeah. know, I can write a whole program on the computer. What, what I think I would love to bring is that that program that you're going to write, if you meditated 10 minutes before, will be so much better, clearer, more to the point than you ever imagined. So even if you have some chaos and you close your eyes and you keep practicing, that chaos is slowly going to get quieter and quieter. And you're going to learn to be with the chaos. Because really what's going on is, you know, for me it's happened sometime too. I close my eyes and I'm like, oh my God, so much comes up. But it's exactly because I, I'm, I'm in a very busy time mm-hmm. and all these thoughts and all these projects and I'm like, wow, look at this. Now I can be outside of it and just right. see this kind of vortex of craziness yeah. happening. I'm like, wow, you needed this meditation. But look at all these things you need to do. Can you just give yourself a 20 minutes break and look at all these things you need to do. Don't touch them. Just look at them. Yeah, this project, this phone call, this situation. Just breathe and watch it all from the outside. It's not going away. I heard a good example was instead of, it's like when you're walking the dog, right? And the dog goes to smell the lawn. Mm-hmm. Instead of smelling the lawn with the dog, just holding the leash for the dog and watching him as he wanders on the leash. It's mm-hmm. like you can either be in your thoughts and be with mm-hmm. them or you can be... You know, removed watching them like you watch your dog while you hold the leash. Watch your thoughts while you're in meditation. Like, yeah, there's a lot on your plate right now. You had a, lot, a crazy day. There's all these business things, family things. There is an element of chaos. But instead of being in it, you have space to take a step back and now watch it a little more. Right. And, you know, it has to be with your childhood. It has to be with your brain structure and all that. But I, I want to say this. I want to bring something completely different that helped me tremendously. Many times people feel that it's too much time to give. Like, I don't have 20 minutes in a day to do this. I, don't, I just don't have 10 minutes in the morning to do it. Why? Because they have a lot of projects and things and people they're committed to. They're committed to a lot of people, right? Committed to a lot of projects. What really helped me is knowing that I'm not meditating for me. I'm meditating for everybody else. Hmm. It's a real big shift because we tend to put ourselves and our needs mm, lower, on the, love that. lower on the priority list. And I knew clearly that if I meditated before I went to my office, I was a much better boss, much better decision maker, much better operator. I was just really quieter. And I could pay attention. I was patient. I was less angry. I was less reactive. So I would sometimes forget to meditate at home. And I'm like, oh, I didn't meditate today. I would stop on the way to work (laughs) on a street corner and I would meditate 20 minutes before I got to the office in the car. Because the days I didn't and the Three things hit me when I walked in the door. <laughs> I, I could tell right away that I'm just, Uh-oh. here we go. Right. Here we go. I was just not, not clear enough. And I snapped. And I just, you know, and people don't deserve it. And I don't want to be like that. It's not who I want to be. Yeah. I realize I'm not meditating for myself. I'm meditating for my employees, my kids, my wife, my friends, the world. Not for me. Me, maybe less. Right. That kind of changes the entire outlook of this. Yeah, that's so, great. So tell your friend, you're not doing this for yourself. You're doing it for your girlfriend, your work, your, you know, your sisters, whomever you come in touch with. Well, now with. his fiance. So that's even more important. Another reason. Believe to show me, <laughs> you should meditate a lot for his fiance. It's not about you, and that really changes everything. I love that reframe. I've actually never heard that, and it's so funny because we deprioritize things that matter to us first before, and we always put other people ahead of us. At least I do, and so everyone does. It's it's like. I do it a lot now. My I kind of reframed it in a similar way where I'm I realize how much more intuition and clarity I operate with when I'm like meditating daily, sometimes two times a day. And so it's almost like 
all right, if you skip today, you know you're going to give up some of that intuition. And so you're going to have less of your clarity. And I'm like, okay, that's right, go get it. But it's like kind of bringing it outside of me. Yeah, I would call it the deep listening. Yeah. You lose, you lose some of the deep listening. See, we have three brains. Actually, we probably have four brains. I would say our gut is a brain as well. But there's three brains in our skull. And what we're doing when we meditate, we're quieting down the neocortex and we really are more in our limbic brain. Yeah, so let's, let's run it through the... Basic, most basic brain is the reptilian. reptilian brain. And the brain in charge of operation. And that's at the core of your That's at the skull, base, yeah. of, base of your... Exactly. It's at the base of your skull, the core. And that's what runs the system. That's just a simple operating system. Right. Blood's flowing, yeah. heart's pounding, uh, breathing, and all that. Operating all the organs. But it doesn't have a whole lot beyond that. The limbic brain is really the connection, the intuition, community. It's kind of like the... Like what you said in our earlier the podcast. Connectivity. When all the birds fly together exactly. and they all know how to fly in those huge swarms. That's the limbic brain. Correct. So you see those thousands of birds moving together. It looks like one cloud. Yeah. It's their limbic brain in operation. Like one moves, you all move. Like this is how we can dance. Flow state. This is how we can dance. All of, you know, people can dance together as, and do the same moves together. That's the limbic brain. Yeah. It's like that flow. Exactly. And the neocortex, that's the reasoning, the languaging, the... Executive function. Correct. So we want to quiet that down and be more in a limbic brain. And there we find that what we love to call intuition. And to, to make it more scientific than just intuition sounds a little woo-woo... You know, we are super connected to words and facts, while our system is also taking a lot of other signs. When I look at someone's face, their, their way they move their eyes, the way their lips move, the way they sweat, the, the skin is, is shedding. I'm more taking millions, millions of, of information notes from, from it yeah. that I'm not even thinking about. It just happened. That's what we call intuition. Mm. It's like it's just, and I know something. So... What happened to us is that we put that aside so much in our life and we want facts and we want words and we want how do you say it and exactly what did you mean. I feel like we need to pay attention to all the rest of it. We call that intuition, but it's really like our ability to take a lot more information. So so a client asked me the other day about a person he talked to that they need to do something very difficult together. I said, I'm a little concerned about it. I said, did you talk to her about it? She, he said, yeah, I talked to the, that other person about it. I said, how did you feel when she talked? He goes, well, she said, this is not what she said. How did you feel? He goes, I trust her. I said, okay, so go with that. <laughs> huh. You know, it's different than what she said. Right. How did your body feel? He goes, I felt really calm and I trusted her. So go with yeah. that. So I'm teaching people more and more to trust that. Yeah. Because that's how, you know, the, we have this um, lie detector. What are they check, checking? They're not checking words. They're checking everything else but words, yeah. right? So there's huh. a lot of signs. Yep. And we actually, we don't need the machine. We can actually mirror, neuro, have a neuro, the, the neuro mirroring, we can feel what they feel. So we feel, if I feel trust in my body, it's going on. If I feel some mistrust, it's because there's something, they're giving me some sort of a message that I shouldn't mm-hmm. trust. It's coming down that neocortex brain, the, all the reasoning and paying more attention to that, to that information. And I think if you move through life with that, you'll be a lot safer in a better place. And for it'd be very beneficial for everyone. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I love that. Let's uh, conclude with just some actionable stuff. So if you looking to set up a meditation practice, super helpful to start with, you know, eight to 12 minutes, ideally in the morning before your day gets carried away. 
And what I took away from this episode is reframe it so that you are meditating for everyone else in your life to make it easier to prioritize, or I should say to make it harder to deprioritize. Exactly. Thanks for listening. And we will see you back here for the next episode.